This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. The following program contains scenes and language of a frank and explicit nature. Viewer discretion is advised. In theaters now, from the producers of The Adventures of Elmo in Grouchland, it's The Adventures of Elmo in Hookerland. Come in, cutie. Hey, come here. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? I said, come here. Hey, you're really nice to me. Come here, daddy. Uh, I don't think you're supposed to touch me there. Oh, you look so good. The Adventures of Elmo in Hookerland. Free hookers for the first five rows. Oh. I- I'm not anatomically correct. I-, I think you're wasting your time. <gasps> <gasps> hey, that tickles. <gasps> Hello, this is Burr Reynolds. You ball-headed fart. In my younger days, I made lots of mistakes. I hung out with the wrong people. Got into some bad habits. I neglected my relationships. The drinking was the worst. It's the John Miller Program. Live from San Francisco. I'm John Miller. And I'm Phil Perrier. And welcome to the John Miller program here on RenegadeTalkRadio.com. I'd like to thank the fine folks. Well, I actually should thank myself since I'm now a partner over there. Been working on the website. I, I, I my my other partner, he he loves to fuck around with the website after I'm done doing my thing. I'm not ready to kick him out and take his admin rights away, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, you'll hear that and go, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> but, uh, Hey, I got an addiction, Phil. You've got an addiction. Yeah. The Febreze. Really? I, I, do you use Febreze? Let me, let me guess. Like instead of cleaning things, you just use Febreze to mask the disgusting odors in your home. No, I, I clean things, but you know, I've got a cat and I fart and shit and all that stuff. You know, now, so if you I, got a cat, Febreze is an absolute must, or something like it is an absolute must. Well, no, she, I mean, she bears, she bears her shit. She's not a smelly cat. Her box doesn't stink. I change it every two weeks, whether it needs it or not. You see, my cat is an indoor outdoor, so I don't even have a litter box. She does her business outside. Yeah, my cat, if she went outside, she'd get killed because she's just stupid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she actually tried to hop out the window when she was a kitten. I had to grab her. I, she was in mid-flight. I grabbed her tail and yanked her back in. Like how Like how high up are you? I'm on the second floor. Mm-hmm. You know, so, but she would have ended up on the fire escape. She wouldn't have made it to the pavement. But, I mean, she, she her two nemesis, one is the street sweeper. She, 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 hears the, she can hear the street sweeper before I can hear it. <laughs> And all of a sudden she get she goes and hides. I'm like, what? Oh, and all of a sudden the street sweeper. And it doesn't even have to be on our block. <laughs> and she just freaks out about it. But back to Febreze. Do you do you use this stuff? I, I do. I do use it. Not probably not as much as you do, but uh, I do use it. Uh, I, I love it. Right now I'm using uh uh April Fresh. Ooh, that sounds that sounds delicious. April Fresh with what uh down it's a downy scent. Ooh. It smells good, I guess. I don't know. I know that's right. Yeah. When you're smoking weed in your apartment and you're not supposed to be smoking, you gotta have to breeze on hand. Now you're in California where that's legal for recreational purposes. But not in um, I have an apartment I'm not supposed to smoke in. Why is that? 
I, that's just the, the law here. Oh, like just like a non-smoking building? No, it's a, the law here. You're not supposed to smoke in uh, uh, residential buildings like apartment buildings in California anymore. Including marijuana? You can't smoke anything. No, no smoke. Huh. So that leaves you with edible. What about vaping? Is that is that considered smoke? I, I, I don't know. I have, I I don't. I've, I've done the vape thing before, but it wasn't satisfying to me, and it's expensive as fuck. No, mm-hmm. I know. I really, I'm an old school, you know, just give me a one hitter and some good buds and, you know, yeah, but, slap but, me on the ass and call me trigger. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't know. I probably could if, if my doctor wanted to do the fight with me. We could probably, we could probably, I could probably skirt the law somehow. You know, my doctor's pretty cool about that kind of stuff. But uh, I, 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 I think it'd be a bigger fight than I want. Well, you know, what I uh, have done in, in the, like in hotel rooms and stuff is if you put a towel down by the, the door, that really soaks up most of the aroma right there. Well, imagine after you've taken a big hit, a couple of big bong hits, all of a sudden you hear, and it's your landlord, what do you do? Um, yeah. Then exactly. you get the, for, the aforementioned Febreze out yeah. <laughs> and spray the living shit out of it. And say, you know, hold on, come in. And then, you know, three minutes later, you go to the door and he smells Febreze and pot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've got, dude, I don't have that. I don't have a normal uh, peephole on my door. I have like a four inch, <laughs> I have a four inch uh, screen that I can actually look like uh, it's on a TV on my. Is like a my... mail, like a mail slot? No, no, it's an actual, it's, it's a TV. No shit. Yeah, I I I got rid of that fucking. Oh, it's like, like kind of like the ring doorbell kind of thing. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Buddy of mine got an upgrade, and so he gave me his old one, and it it's cool as fuck. I can record if you come within a couple feet of my door, it automatically starts recording you. It does all kinds of cool shit, uh-huh. and uh, I love it myself because you know you don't even have to. I can I can control with my phone, so I can sit at my desk. And and activate it with my phone and see who's at the door. Nice. Yeah, uh, the pretty cool, pretty cool invention, I think. Oh, absolutely. Now, did you uh, did you watch the Super Bowl? <laughs> You're going. That was one of my things. I was going to, but you know, since I've cut the cable, I I you know I get ninety nine percent of everything I got before and a zillion percent more content. Uh-huh. I I could not watch the Super Bowl. Damn! So you didn't I, see? I, I got NASCAR. I got I've got it all except yeah. for the Super Bowl. I couldn't watch. Damn. it. So you didn't see uh, Usher's halftime show? No, hell no! I wouldn't have watched that. Well, because I was going to say, I mean, I I think the I Prince. Remember, like ten years ago ish. Yeah, Prince did the halftime show in a driving rain in an outdoor stadium. That's more than tw- that's like twenty years ago, Phil. Mm. Okay, let's say fifteen. We'll we'll, we'll call. How, how long has he been dead now? I'd say ten. Well, eight or nine years, maybe. Yeah, I think I'm more than. I think more like ten. But you know, yeah, I I did see that one. I thought he crushed it because usually a Super Bowl halftime show it's overproduced. You know, it's just a yeah. It's you know, it's like they're lip syncing. Prince freaking brought it, and I you know that's the only really impressive halftime show I've ever seen. I thought Usher was. Like somebody on Facebook said he was like Michael Jackson light, which is exactly. I, mean, saw, that. Kind of, 
I saw that. Easy listening, which really easy listening in a Super Bowl halftime show. I don't really think they go well together. Yeah, I, but you know it. You know the Super Bowl. That's why right, Al Jarreau, right? for instance, never did the Super Bowl. You know. Yeah, you, but you know, as 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 we get older, remember, you know, we're getting older. No, I, I'm not. You may be, but I, I'm no. I'm I'm staying exactly where. <laughs> well, are you swapping the numbers yet? I'll tell you one thing. I've noticed our generation is not the generation that advertisers give a flying. You know, no, they elite. don't give a fuck about us anymore. Yeah, they don't know. And they'll, they'll they'll like show somebody in this like Billy Joel or something at the Grammys, and the the producers of the show don't even know who this guy is. You know? Yeah. Uh, no doubt about it. And the same at. But, you know, we're at that point in our life because we were talking about this earlier. You know, we're, you know, we're, we're three quarters done now, dude. And Well, I'd like to think two thirds. All right. Whatever you want. My doctor, he keeps <laughs> on, you know, you know how my doctor keeps on saying, ah, oh, you'll make it to 70. Ah, oh, you'll make it to 80. Now yeah. we're up to 90. Yeah, I know. You have to keep extending what, what is old, don't you? Yeah, it's like. You're going to make recalculating, me recalculating. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Recalculating. He, I, I said, boy, you're going to keep on changing. I told him the joke that we were talking about that everybody's got squares out now, and the, all the employees got squares on how old I, I'll make it. He oh, started, oh, like like a like a like a pool, like a football pool. pool. Yeah, they're all like betting how <laughs> how, how, and he keeps on changing it. I'm like, what'd you change your squares? What's up? He's like, what do you mean? I go, you guys are all betting on how long I'll live. So like somebody in the office, the day you die, they'd be like, yes, yeah, 800 exactly. bucks. Chew on it, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you know, the good thing, like both of our guests today, Jack and uh, Eric are, you know, maybe a little younger than us, but I mean, you know, over 50. So these are going to be grownups who understand what the hell we're talking about. Really? We got someone younger than us? Well, my guess is they're like, you know, maybe a couple, three years younger, but they're definitely past 50. So we, we got some adults involved. Now, did you see uh, John Stewart on Monday night doing the Daily Show? Holy fuck, right? Right Say back what? Where, where, where it was. He, man, I tell you, you know, I was, was so it. ready. I was so ready to be disappointed because I loved him. And I thought there's just no way he's going to be as sharp. And he, man, he was he, sharper. He was sharper, exactly. I was, I was blown away. He went to Apple for that two or three years and and honed his craft. Now he's back. But you'd think he'd lose a step having a few years off, but no, not at all. He, was, he didn't he have was, a few years off. He was working for, doing that Apple show. Yeah, but I mean that's not the same, you know. I mean, I, I never listened to that or saw that or you know. I I never saw it, but I heard, you know I heard that he was killing it over there too. Well, but, it didn't. I mean, it didn't get renewed, so you know he's well, back th- on. It was because here's why: because he was saying something, he wanted to say something, and Apple wasn't going to go for it. Right, words, right, right, right. They wanted to edit and and yeah, and, they wanted to edit him. And like, him Bullshit! Yeah. I'm out of here. Yeah, he's not going to see. He's not going to sit still. I'll tell you that Trevor Noah, that was lame right there. You know those. those I mean, years, he tried. You got to give the guy a. a, a oh, no, absolutely. But I mean, you find. Following John Stewart is an impossible task. That's exactly. Like I mean, I don't know why they don't have John Stewart. All, you know, just do it four days a week. I know. And, and may, you know, they the may do people. that because I'll bet his ratings on Monday are going to be like over the double. top. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because you know, like Trevor Noah was getting twenty five percent of the ratings. He was getting a quarter 
of the viewers that that you know that John Stewart at that got. time, yeah. Anyway, well, I bet, you know, I no, no disrespect more, to him, but you know, come on. And I bet I I I'll bet John Stewart's ratings are in the in the thirty to forty percentile. Yeah, I don't know, but it's. I mean, I'm guessing that the the net, the you know, Comedy Central is gonna be like, look, man, you you got to come back for the whole week. <laughs> hey, man, we'll yeah. pay you whatever, you know, yeah, whatever well, we got to pay you, you know. Yeah, it, 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 I'm glad to see it, and that was a great move for 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 Comedy Central. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, I, you know they were getting kind of stale too. Oh yeah, and now coming into an election year, I mean, this is perfect. Yeah, they had to have him back. Absolutely, and, uh, it was crazy. I was like. That was kind of, kind of like watching the Chappelle come back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, it was the same thing, you know, just fucking sharp as razors. Here's uh, a question. Would you like to see Chappelle do, try to resur- do a reboot of Chappelle's show? Like, you know, with, I mean, Charlie Murphy's gone, but he could have Donnell Rollins and, you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that was, I don't think that would work, dude. Yeah, I don't either. I, I think. He's grown, he's grown up too much. Yeah. I think his stand and he is like now the Carlin or the Prior. He is now the the greatest stand up, you know, in America. Yeah, I agree on that. He, you know, because you know he's been through a lot of shit. Oh yeah, because of his stand up. But each time he comes back bigger and better. Yeah, yeah. He and got he, the, the transsexual uh, people were trying to you know cancel him. Oh, they were. They were. They were doing their best. I know. But, you know. He, he didn't say I hate hate him or anything. It's just like, it's my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And why can't you have your own opinion? We're in America, right? Yeah. Uh, well, the last time I checked, I hope so. Yeah, I hope I hope it stays this way. Hope I'm not in Russia or something. Now what? Uh, now, oh, speaking of what you heard about that Navalny. Yeah. God, that just mysteriously made, died. Oh. I wonder wonder how he died. We still there. Yeah. Well. 47 years old, and apparently he was seen the day before, like in some kind of court thing or something. And he's cracking mm-hmm. jokes, and he, he clearly was in, in perfectly good health, or you know, as yep. good health. He's he's malnourished, and he's treated like shit, and he gets no exercise, and you know, it's yep. awful. Well, they had him in like a little ten by ten room. Yeah, and I mean, I think they definitely, you know, they think this was a homicide. You know, in Russia, it, you know, <laughs> who knows what happened, but you know. You know, Putin fucking has something, had his finger on that. Yeah, his, his fingerprints are all over this. Oh, I'm done with this guy. Hey, guys, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucked up. You know, now, but, you know I was, I was uh, reading it. You know, you ever read your Rolling Stone magazine? I haven't in years. Cause on the, I haven't either, but I, I mean, when I was back in the day, I subscribed, I read it, you know, religiously, but on the next cover, it's going to be Kristen Stewart, you know, the Twilight actress, among others. Wearing a jock strap, and she said, "I saw this this thing on the New York Post." What the she, fuck? She said she wanted to do the gayest effing thing you've ever seen in your life. So she posed like with a leather jacket and a jock strap, which is a woman wearing a jock strap. I'm not really sure. <laughs> I'm not sure what the the message is. It'll probably be a designer jock strap. Oh, it probably yeah. This was you know probably like a Calvin Klein or <laughs> you know. No, Christian it won't be. Dior. It'll be a, a woman designer. One of, the, one of those. Maybe, maybe even Kim Kardashian might. You know, she, <laughs> she got the Spanx thing going on with the, uh, with um, um, with uh, with Usher. You know that. Yeah. You know she puts out men's underwear now. 
it kind of seems like she's quieted down. And I guess I guess their show's not on the air anymore, right? Well, it is. It's on. Uh, it's on. Um, like Bravo or no? It's on uh, streaming. Um, what's the name of that? Uh, Hulu. Yeah, on Hulu. Okay. They paid her a billion dollars to come back on Hulu or something. I've never, I never watched that. Yeah, I, I did a couple of times only because I, you know I know people in that circle, and yeah. it was just like, yeah. well, hold it. Did Kato Kalen? Because Kato Kalen, did he know them? Because they, I know Bruce Jenner and OJ were really good friends, and then the Kardashians. And Bruce Jenner and OJ were really good friends. So uh, maybe the timing, I don't know if, if Cato was, was knew well, that. I, you know, they all dropped him once he turned into a woman, Bruce Jenner. They all dropped him when what happened? When they, when, you know, he became a woman a few years back. Remember that? Now, okay. Did, did he actually do the surgery? Oh, uh, I, I, he had kids. I don't know if he cut his wang off, but. You know, yeah, he, I don't know. I mean, he might just be like a, a drag queen type situation. I don't think so. I don't think it was. You think he's had this? You think he's actually a woman now? Yep. Okay. But weird, right? Well, I mean, the, to me, the weird thing was it was like he was sixty some odd years old. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. Like, you want to be a woman now? It's like, why, why don't you try this? Like, what the fuck are you looking. thinking? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> who wants to be an old bag? I mean, God Almighty. Oh, he, he, I don't know if you've seen pictures of you know him like that, but oh was, yeah, he was still you know being a man driving all these race cars and airplanes and everything, but being a woman. God Almighty, it's fucking hilarious, dude. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here's my fuck one of my heroes when I was growing up, Bruce Jenner. Oh yeah, know? he was on the Wheaties, but you know he was like won yeah. the Olympics in '76. Yeah. You know the decathlon. Exactly. He was like America's, you know, like he and Mary he Lou. He was Renton America's was son. America's sweetheart, yeah. You know, it was like, and you do Mr. Wholesome. I, I think it's because he was around so many women all his life. Really? I, 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 he said that he wanted to have that done for years and years, but I, I, I think, yeah, he was just around those Kardashian people too much. So he just became a woman by osmosis. Yeah, well, not by osmosis. He did it purposely, but yeah, I think it was just, you know, if you're around that stuff that much, you're going to get, you know, a little feminist, a little female shit's going to rub off on you. Yeah, right. I mean. Now, like, when you were growing up, did you have sisters, brothers? What are we talking about? Well, you know, remember, I, I didn't grow up with my family. I was a ward of the court at five and a half. Good so, God. Um, yeah, so, you know. I do well, have. Now, why was that? How, how did that? You're five and a half, and you're a ward of the court. Okay. Well, here's the story. I was. I don't know how to put this. My mother couldn't take care of me because she was a drug addict whore. Okay. Truly a whore. Oh, uh, real one. Okay. Um, and um, you know, I could be Johnny Duke Jr. or John Benninger. I was the Duke, Johnny Duke Jr. I could be a race car driver, but long story short, I ended up at my grandparents's, um, which I thought my grandma was my mother and my grandfather was my dad. Oh. And uh, I was told that my mother was my sister. Wow. 
Uh, it was pretty fucked up. It sounds uh, like a like a Hallmark Hall of Fame movie or something. Exactly. Uh, I, and 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 like, how old were you when you you know found out the truth? Well, it was only a couple of years ago when my my aunt Joy, thank God, my aunt Joy, she's <laughs> we'll we'll talk about her in a second. But Aunt Joy one day called me up because she's honest as fuck. She ain't she ain't gonna sugarcoat shit. And I was working at Microsoft, getting ready to go into a big, big meeting. And my phone rings. I pick it up. I walk into my office. And she, are you ready? I'm like, yeah, okay. How long is it going to, you know, I, I got, you know, 15 minutes to be this meeting. And she goes, are you ready? I'm like, I'm ready. And she laid it all out to me. And I was like, holy crap. I didn't talk to her for about after that for about three or four months just because I was so fucking wow. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it all, my my parent, my mom, you know, I didn't know who my dad, she didn't know who it could have been. Um, we actually so did. You don't, you don't even really know who your biological father is. No, we we tried to do it. We did it. When I was in Arizona on KWSS, we actually did a, a skip trace show. A couple uh-huh. of them where uh, a friend of mine who's a skip tracer uh, went out and tried to find these people. And, uh, you know, I got, I, I knew the two names. One of them worked at United Airlines and after, and 20 years he'd worked there, never missed a day. And then all of a sudden disappeared. Um, then, um, wow, that's the, weird. The other guy who they found, he was, he owned a bunch of bars and restaurants in Napa back in the day, oh. but, but neither one of them wanted to, you know, get involved in it. No shit. Yeah. So your mom probably fucked both of them. And um uh, mom died with, with uh uh methamphetamines, cocaine, and uh in her in her system at so the when, age when, of when not, did she pass away? About twenty years ago. Okay. Um but uh yeah, so and I never really I never lived with her. Uh-huh. I only spent about Twelve or fourteen hours with her ever, and that was in two or three days that I was I were hung around her. So was it her parents that raised you? Yeah, her parents. So that that was really your mom and dad were really. Well, they didn't raise me. They they thought that my, I have a I have a friend in kindergarten, and I showed up with with bruises. And his dad was a social worker, and he went to his dad. You gotta go help my. You gotta help my friend John. And the next morning, uh, they yanked me out. Wow. Yep. And I, I didn't I didn't hang out with any family. Um really How old until, were you at that time? I was five and a half. Damn. Yeah. So I you know, it really comes down to it. I shouldn't be like who I am today. I should be a murderer and be in prison. So like who raised you? I raised my you know, I different I was in Catholic school, I was in group homes, I was in a couple foster homes. Um so, what, like, know, what were the foster homes like? The one, the the Kalajis. Now, there was a, one one of them. Uh, God, what was it? What was their name? God, I can't think of it. They actually took me all across the United States in a Volkswagen bus, and I got to see all the sites and all the great things. You know, uh, you know, all, yeah. every state has. You know, the big whatever each state. We, yeah, the big. We traveled all fifty states. It was it was wow. great. And I ended up in Wilmington, West Virginia. Uh, I I stayed there for oh, about a month, went to school there the whole bit, and came back to California afterwards. And then um, I went to uh, the Kalajis, and 
Patty, God, Patty and Bob, thank you. They were they were cool as fuck. Very rich. He was the he owned a trucking company and he was the uh, founder of Prefrost buses, oh. uh, these big tour buses. Uh-huh. Um, and so they were rich, and but you know they were having problems, and so they, I had to leave. But and then like I ended mar- up, marital marital yeah, problems. They were getting ready to divorce, right? And um, and so then I ended up in a foster home, one of the non. Jim Jones owned foster homes in Mendocino County called Great. Oh my gosh, you could have wound up in the freaking Jim Jones cult. Yeah, I could have. Because most Dang. of them, most of them, ninety-nine percent of them were owned by him. Man, so you dodged a bullet on that one. Uh, and it was great, Ken Anderson, cool dude. Um, I don't care if you smoke pot, just don't smoke it in the house, and make sure you cut, go to school every day. And uh, so I basically raised myself. What, what what was the longest you ever stayed with one family or one person? Um, I well, my longest was at Grapevine Group Home. I was there for four years, four and a half years. So you were bouncing all over the place. Yep. Golly. Oh, I was at. Uh, well, maybe that's wrong. I was at St. Vincent's um, uh, Catholic School in, in which is now um, where Lucas Ranch is um, for like six years, I believe. That's in California. Yep. Down in San Rafael. So like when you hear people bitching about their childhood, you must be like, shut up. <laughs> shut the fuck up. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, I I tell, mean it tell, sounds like your childhood could top, you know, almost anybody, you know. Everybody's a bunch of people said I should write a book. And I think that's really a good idea. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not a writer, you know. I, <laughs> well, maybe you could find somebody and you could like, you know, they, he could interview you and, and dictate the whole thing. Hey, what about you, Phil? <laughs> no, man, you need like somebody that really does this shit for a living, you know? Yeah, I know, but, you know, I, I, you got I too think... good of a story to squander on some, you know, I mean, like, I, I mean, if you want somebody to write a funny book, that's me, but I mean, for, <laughs> there are people that specialize in, in doing what you're talking about, an yeah. autobiography. It was, but I didn't learn the, the, I didn't learn about the mother and sister and stuff like that until I turned 18. Um, and when I was being released from the great from Grapevine, and then they handed me my folder, but I really didn't get the whole truth or you know the really crazy parts until my aunt Joy called me that day. I've never met Aunt Joy, but she uh, she is I, I gotta get out there and meet her because she is more than cool. And she goes, don't hate me, but and I'm like, I'm not gonna ever. I don't hate, but how far is she from where you are now? She's in Iowa. Oh, yeah, that's a long way off. That's a little bit of ways, yeah. That'd be an air. That would be like either a long car ride or, or an airplane. I would recommend an airplane. Hey, we're coming up against it, Phil. Who are our guests today? Okay, our guests are going to be Eric Hunter at the three thirty spot, and then uh, four o'clock or you know noon your time, and then at four o'clock or one o'clock your time, we're going to be talking to Jack Wilhite. Two fantastic comedians, uh, guys I've known for many years and respect. Two very different. You know, one guy does music. One guy's got a very dry, unique perspective. That's a, the one that, you know, you sent me, his name is Dr. Jack. Yeah. Was is that uh, was it Jack that's the doctor? Um, um, maybe it was the second one. I, I get them. I, I don't know. Well, we'll ask them both if they're doctor, you know. No, I think I think it was the other one, not Jack, but the other Eric. one. But anyway, we're gonna. I'm John Miller. 
I'm Phil Perrier. And we'll be back here in a few on Renegade Talk Radio. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. I could have had a high colonic from Britney Spears or be John Miller's announcer. So, why am I here? It's the Radio Fishing Show! Welcome to Radio Fisherman, America's favorite radio fishing show. I'm Lonnie. And I'm Donnie. And today we're on Lake Jackson fishing for largemouth bass. Ready? Let's do it. Oh, I think I got a bite. You got a bite? Nope. You want one of them cold ones? It's the Radio Fishing Show! We have a new sponsor. They just came on, etard.com. That's right. Romanian dating has never been easier. Etard. I like long walks on the beach, evenings at home, and pudding. I like blocks. I like. He doesn't know what he likes. He's stupid. Go to etard.com. Hey, everybody. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Look at me. I'm doing it. I have to ask my mom first. We can have our first date. At Mongoloid Barbecue. And this is the quality dating you can get on etard.com. Let's Rocks. get married. I like trucks. I like to spill, spill pizza on my face. That's right. Romanian dating has never been easier. Etard. Go on, Etard. Go on, Etard and do it. Rub it. Touch it. Go to etard.com. I, have you guys heard that new song by Carrie Underwood where she talks about beating the fuck out of her boyfriend's <laughs> Right. 
Listeners, what do you think? Head licking, normal or abnormal? All right, coming up, you're going to hear the second installment of Radio Fisherman. Hello, this is Burr Reynolds. It's the Radio Fishing Show! So I told Doris, I said, You ain't driving my truck no more. I don't care what you say. Yeah, what did she say? I don't give a damn what she said. Hey, hey, you got a bite? Uh, nope. Hand me another cold one. It's the Radio Fishing Show! These guys suck! This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Succulent Pirate Radio. Hmm. Why? Because deep down we're insensitive and robust. Isn't that why you're here? And now, uncaged and raised in a stress-free environment, it's John Miller, USDA-certified and flogged across the thighs of Guatemalan virgins. Here's John. I'm John Miller. I'm Phil Perrier. And welcome back. Uh, of course, this is the John Miller Program Podcast on Renegade Talk Radio. And uh, we're just hanging out here. we got a good friend of Phil Perrier's on. Eric, are you there? I'm here. And tell them who you are and what you do. Uh, I am Eric Hunter. I'm a stand-up comedian. Um, and a damn good one. <laughs> well, you know, that's you. That's you. No, <laughs> no, I, you're being humble. I, I said, is this a show about C-list stand-up comedians? And Phil said, no, it's more like B. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm telling you, John, this is one funny son of a bitch right here. Well, um, how long you been doing it, Eric? <laughs> uh, 24, 25 years, something like wow. that. And you don't yeah. have a day job, right? Right. Yeah. Doing, yeah. uh, doing stand up. I, I can't do anything else. That's what happens yeah. when you've been doing this so long. Now, where, think, where did you start doing your open mics, Eric? Uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Well, was that at the punchline? Well, yeah, among other places, but that was like the, you know, the comedy club in town that we did the open mics at. Uh, but of course, there was uh, other venues around town that uh, let us do it. And that's how we got started. And like, uh, like who were some of the other guys like when you were starting out? Who were some of the other like open micers in Atlanta? Um, boy, I don't know. Um, yeah, there was a couple of Athens guys there. Do you remember uh, Wiley, Jordan? Tim yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we were buddies, and uh, they were some. Uh, Leonard Sharing uh, yes. uh, was very, very well known in those parts. Uh, very funny guy. He set great, up. Some, great guy. Funny, funny guy. Yeah. Pat Dixon. Yeah. Are you uh, married, Eric? Yes. How long? Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Fifteen years. <laughs> Fifteen years. Fifteen years, huh? Wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, you got kids, that? right? Yes, yeah, two kids. One wife, two kids. And one wife, two kids. Wait, how old are your kids? Six and seven. Wow. Have you found that's been like a reservoir of material? 
Uh, potentially, yes. Um, it's never quiet enough around the house for me to be able to write anything down. But uh, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's, there's a lot going on there for yeah, sure. Wow. Especially uh, at my age, there's um, like now what what roughly is your age? Roughly, it's uh, fifty-seven years, three months. Fifty-seven years, because I'm, I'm fifty-nine. I think John is uh, in, in the same ballpark. I'm going to be hitting sixty-three in June. Hello. Okay. Yeah. That's what I say. Hello. <laughs> the big, the big six-zero. That. Yeah, that I'm hard. playing on overtime right now. I'm playing on bonus. You're points. you're off warranty, uh, John. <laughs> yeah, I blew the warranty a few years back. <laughs> you plan on having any kids, John? Uh, I have a daughter who is uh, in her late 30s and two grandchildren. Now, Eric, you, you started having kids at 50. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Very good, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, why would you yeah. do that? <laughs> what do you mean? Why would I do that? Um, I think this was your wife's idea. Did well, you run out of condoms? What? what? <laughs> <laughs> it was. Uh, now, how old is your wife? A little bit more complicated than that. Uh, she, he's uh forty-seven. Ooh, yeah. a little of that young stuff. Look at you. <laughs> you must have a big dick or a bunch of money, one of the two. Neither, actually, neither. <laughs> neither. Oh well. Now, Eric, are you a doctor? <laughs> Were you listening at the beginning? I'm a stand-up comedian, Phil. No, no, your email though, isn't it? Doesn't it say something about doctor something? Yeah, I think. Yeah, but that doesn't mean I'm a doctor. Oh, okay. You know, well, I find out people. No, I could use a doctor. You what? We could use a doctor. Well, I need I need somebody to check my prostate. Well, let's just anyway move move on. Let's, yeah, exactly. You can get that done anywhere, Phil. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, a lot of good that leads to. I'll yeah, Phil and I have been talking about that. I was up like twenty five, thirty times last night peeing like. Nothing. And then wake up this morning. I have to piss like a racehorse. It's like what? What? It does seem like after you get past fifty, the frequency of urination accelerates. It didn't happen until I had sixty. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it happened for me before sixty. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I think about fifty is what what normal non pot folks experience. Well, I'm far from normal, Eric. No, I'll tell you, Eric, I, I just, a couple days ago, researching this show, you know, I watched your dry bar special on YouTube, and that was from Utah. Does that ring a bell? Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, when did I, you do that? Um, Probably five years ago. Because that rocked. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That's uh. Now, why did you pick t- uh, Utah? Well, that's where the uh, club is that they record the... Uh, specials at it's called the dry bar oh. comedy club so were you like working there for the whole week and that was just part of the package no we did uh two shows uh myself and another comedian uh on a friday night saturday night or no we did the friday night i think and then two other comics were saturday night and it's really there just to record uh specials wow. and it's in provo utah so that's why it's called dry bar comedy uh, now I- what now what does dry bar mean uh, no liquor is sold. No kidding. Yeah. So that audience was stone cold sober. Well, it, I don't think so, but they didn't get, <laughs> any, they, they didn't get any on the People had side. flasks and and and, st- and such like. Yeah, they, they probably you know uh, had a little bit outside and then. Man, I, 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 I don't see in the parking lot. 
I don't see myself watching comedy without alcohol. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how they do it. I don't know. Well, you talking? That's a different. That's a different you know world right there. Yeah, I just did a gig in uh, Salt Lake City last month in in uh, Park City. You know, flew in and out of Salt Lake City. Then I did two shows in Park City, and that's like the one little island of like liberal non LDS. Because I've heard everywhere else you got to be clean, and there's no caffeine, and there's no alcohol, and it's like a whole different world. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole reason stand-up comedy was So it does kind of go against uh, how this all got started, but uh, it seems to work. Yeah. And also, your act is so, it's like so family-oriented and so clean that it, you know, it just... It, you, it probably you just, fit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I had a great time. It was a, uh, it was a lot of fun. And, oh, he, uh, he rocked, he rocked. He's, he's being humble. He, he blew the roof <laughs> off of the joint. Uh, you have to send me a link. I'll check it out after the show, Phil. Yeah, so I would say if anybody out there wants to see some funny stuff, YouTube, Eric Hunter, Dry Bar Special. Yes. Yes. Or uh, Eric did you, did you profit? And is there any kind of merchandise involved? Uh, there was a paycheck. Is that what you mean? Oh, good. <laughs> good. You, you mean there, you don't have any a... merch? Oh, do I have any merch? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got a, I got a few things, a uh, couple pens. I got oh, a couple CDs. Yeah. yeah. Are they available anywhere? Up in my office. Um, <laughs> I, I, to, I mean, you know how that works with the CDs. That's uh, kind of faded, but I, I've had a lot uh, of CDs laying around that, um, you know, trying to sell off the, the remaining. Get yourself up on Spotify or something like that with it. Yeah, I, I thought about that. I, I'm on uh, Sirius XM uh, as well. You can hear me on there. Um, oh, fuck you. What? <laughs> what? I've been trying to get on Sirius XM forever. Oh, yeah, I don't think it's easy. That's for sure. No, it's not. I know that. Phil, you, you can you can vouch for that. We've been we've been at how many years? About trying oh, to get us up too, on, on Sirius? Too many to count. Yeah, exactly. Well, Eric, can I, can I ask? Can I ask Eric a question? Now, you know, you hear people talk about the wokeness and about how crowds are, particularly the younger people. Like John and I were talking earlier about how, like Dave Chappelle, you know, the the transsexual people were trying to cancel him. Have you ever had somebody in the audience do, you know, like been triggered by something you said? Um, no. Uh, there may have been, you know, one or two here and there, maybe that I didn't hear about. Uh, uh-huh. I, mean, I did hear, but this didn't really fall into any kind of, you know, woke kind of category. It was more, you know, you said something that, you know, a friend of mine's uh, brother's friend, you know, once had that and uh, I don't like it and, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, right. you know, nothing serious. I, I guess my material, I don't really run into that kind of uh yeah you're not you're not like Doug Stanhope or you're not like out there pushing the envelope and and talking yeah, about so. Jews and homosexuals and whatnot and I I've opened for Doug and he has uh, Did you walked, really? Yeah, he's walked people during his show now when I walk people during my show it's not intentional. It's Yeah, I've done the same thing. They just don't think funny. I'm funny and they want to yeah. leave. Yeah. And Doug, Doug, Doug don't care. He's like, yeah, that's. Yeah, a Doug does yeah. not give a flying, you know, you know what. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was it was funny to watch. That's for sure. Like, how many people like would walk out on him? 
Well, I, I did a club in uh, the Funny Bone in Boise, Idaho, many years ago. And, um, you know, there was a few there, I think, people who didn't know that who he was or, you know, they weren't really there to see him, that kind of thing. And, yeah. uh, you know, there may have been five, ten would get up what? and leave at some point. What's the oh, biggest please. venue you've ever done, Eric? The biggest? Yeah, the biggest uh, audience. Um, I guess opening for Frank Caliendo and Brian Regan, they probably wow. had, you know, 1,500. Wow. These, uh, you know, but how many did you like open for them a lot? No, just uh, once. Uh, Caliendo a few times. Now, where, where was the Caliendo? Uh, in Atlanta at the Cobb Energy oh, wow. Art Center. Yeah, that that was neat. That that was just like uh, you know autopilot for fifteen minutes of just you know everyone's paid fifty bucks to get in, so they're gonna laugh. Yeah, they're gonna laugh. Yeah, that's so, sweet. Yeah, but you know the cruise ship, I did a few of those, and you know those were eight hundred people ish. You know, wow. depending on the ship. Um, like what's your favorite kind of gig? Um. A lot of country clubs, and I like those because it's you know forty to fifty to sixty yep. year olds who, you know, wealthy, you know, fairly educated, that kind of thing, and yep. they're there to be a fun show. So that's kind of um, my crowd right now. But I, I love, I love doing the clubs. It's been a, a, a few years since the clubs have kind of started declining a little bit in numbers. Well, I mean, like you, you know, we we're talking about the the Sandy Springs Punchline. I mean, that was you know one of the wow. great. One of the, on the very short list of best clubs in the country, and that's gone now. Yeah, yeah it's now in uh, Buckhead. So, well, yeah, uh, but there, you know, that that's like saying, you know, the, you know, Notre Dame Cathedral, you know, moved to to Marietta. I mean, <laughs> you, just because you call it the punchline does not. I mean, the Sandy yeah. Springs punchline, that you know, that whole vibe is just, you know, you can't just re recreate that. It's like the San Francisco punchline. You can't. Yeah, I mean, it's just like an icon. It's like Carnegie Hall or something. Exactly. Like Pop right. not, you, know, you can't just go to a diner in Buckhead and say this is the punchline. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, they seem to have done that. Um, but, yes, you know, <laughs> I know, but I mean, I I, I perform there, and it's just not it's not the same. Oh yeah, it's a, a different energy altogether. Yeah. You sure, um, it's not because you're getting old, Phil. John, stop now, Eric. Like, what was like? What were some of your favorite clubs to work? Well, I think my all-time favorite was the Ice House in Pasadena. Oh yes, yes, I've been there. That's yeah, a great, that's... yeah. That's that's like the punchline. It's like you, you. It's hard to have a bad show at the Ice House, right? You got to really bring the suck. <laughs> yeah, you got to be on your A suck game to have a bad show at the Ice or the or the Sandy Springs punchline for that matter. Yeah, and when you talk about venues that I like, it, it's the you know the eighty to one hundred and fifty, yep. you know, small. I think all comedians prefer that uh, for the most part. The smaller, tighter, uh, really high energy rooms. Um, yep. Comedy Magic Club was you know. Yes, I was about to rooms. mention that. I'd, I'd say the best two clubs in the, in the, for like real audiences, not industry. Comedy and Magic and Ice House, great freaking clubs. Yes. Yeah, that was fun. And then you'd always run into, you know, really good comics there. and Oh, yeah. These celebrities and things like that. So that always made it fun, too. I know. One time I was there, and, um, you know, I'm crippled and also I, I opened the door, and Mike Lacey, the owner, and, and Michael Richards of Seinfeld are helping me come down the stairs. And I was like, he was like, I like your act. And I was like, yeah, I, I like your stuff, too. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. That Michael Richards, he's a he's a funny guy too. He's right? a clown, man. He's hilarious. Yeah. But you know, he had that he had that uh he got canceled for saying some in some inappropriate things. Yeah, but come on, to. Phil. That guy he he just finally he he was trying to do something he shouldn't have done and just He was he, improving and it went horribly wrong. Yeah, it did. Yeah. It, now, it, Eric, it, have you ever done that? Have you ever gone off script and, and just stepped horribly in something? Um no uh I did a church show one time and I, I said something that, uh, you know, a lady, uh, talked to me afterwards about that said, you know, don't say that in, in the church. And, it's a freaking uh, church, man. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to, hard to get to an entire show without saying something. Like, like who, like when you were coming up, who were some comics that you looked up to? Um, well, before I got started, uh, seeing live, um, Leno and Seinfeld, those were my favorite and them live really you know got the you you kind of you kind of cut it john did you hear cutting in and out oh try try to stay on the microphone eric yes i kind of banged my head he's out he's going out again oh well it shouldn't be um how's this now you sound good that's good good. okay all right um yeah leto and seinfeld and then once i got doing stand-up it was uh, Brian Regan was one of my, oh my God. favorites. That, you know, and, and I talked to a comedian one time. He said, don't ever try to emulate him. And, you know, don't think that, you know, hey, I want to be like, no one can be like Brian. You know? So, uh, but yeah. yeah, he was he was one for sure. Yeah, I think Brian Regan is, I mean, he's, he's about as funny as it gets. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I also like Todd Glass. I haven't seen much of him recently, but uh, he was always a, a really funny guy. Yeah. Like who, like, did you, like, when you started out, did you have any comic who was like a mentor, you know, somebody that was like, you know, helping you along and teaching you stuff? Um, well, I guess Jerry Farber was one of the ones that initially hired me. Jerry Farber. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, he hired me to open for him for a few shows and he kind of got the ball rolling for me. Yeah. And we, you know, you, cause in, in the Atlanta, cause that was Jerry's club was the first club I ever went on at. And yeah, I got more stage time from Farber than I got from, you know, the punch. Cause you know, the punchline, I mean, you go sign up, you're not going to get on every week, but you could right. go to Farber's and, and sit there at the bar with a sad look on your face and get, get on <laughs> yeah, know, once, once or twice a week. I mean, it was, it was like the most invaluable stage time ever. Oh yeah. Yeah. And another guy that, um, you guys probably know, and and he was sort of like a sort of a mythical uh, figure. Um, when we were doing open mics, uh, everybody talked about Phil Perrier. Oh you know, no, you're wrong. Oh, that oh. loser! Come on, oh. man. <laughs> <laughs> he knows how to get booked at, back on the John Miller program. I'll tell you that. He's no, sucking he, your dick, dude. Because <laughs> you were in that Athens, Atlanta area a few years before I was, and. And we were always amazed that uh, here's this guy who writes jokes for Jay Leno. And uh, so yeah. that was like, you know, a, a local guy who uh, kind of made it big. So, wow. yeah. yeah. He writes jokes for me, too. Yeah. Well, that's, I, I followed his career ever since then. Yeah, because I started in Atlanta, you know, like at Farber's and doing punchline open mics. Then in 93, I moved to Athens and I was there. And, I, and I'm working the road at the same time. And then... Um, in 2000, I moved to LA. So, and you know, it was, it was in the nineties, Eric, that I started, I fell in love with the country club gigs 
remember there's like Brent Dillon and Alan Prophet <laughs> and guys who are yep. booking these country club gigs. And the, yeah, the people are smart. They're well-educated. You don't want to make a jackass out of yourself at the country club. It was just like, you know, you usually get a prime rib dinner. It was really nice. Yeah. And uh, yeah, those guys, I did those guys for a couple of years there in the beginning. And uh, they were always quite helpful. Yeah. Oh, so, man, I haven't heard that name in forever. <laughs> so, uh, he's, and he's still around because I talked to, you know, Lou Angel Wolf. I asked him, I was like, man, is Alan Prophet, you know, still uh, kicking around? He's like, not only is he kicking around, but he and I are doing a show this week. So, okay. Because Florida is, you know, where, where old comics go to die. You <laughs> <He laughs> lived up a rock in Florida and there's like a guitar act and a comedy magician and, you know, Alan Prophet. Yeah. Oh my God! So when are you moving to Florida, Phil? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, any any minute now, probably, right? Oh, so, okay, no. now, uh, Eric. Okay, you're 57. I'm I'm 59. John 62. John was saying that he thinks he's like three quarters spent. I'm saying two thirds. What's your feeling? Uh, well, somewhere in between there, I think. Uh, there's not a lot. Of like what's your do you have high blood pressure and do you have any like comorbidities or anything? Uh, no, I had uh, oral surgery recently, but that that was nothing. Now you did oral mention surgery? your act. And I don't want to tip it, but you're talking about some of the the girth around the middle was really a post operative swelling after a hernia operation. Yes, <laughs> yes. You know, I too, yeah. I had I had hernia surgery a couple of years ago, and I I too have felt some. There's some flab around the middle and i think because i used to think that was from eating food but apparently it's just post-operative swelling exactly <laughs> that's i'll remember that no isn't that fan john's skinny as a rail but you know if you, if you exercise, gut, dude. that's a post-operative swelling is what that is yeah it's getting harder and harder to exercise and eat right that's for sure hey no, all you gotta do is you know, do five thousand steps a day Every day, five days, uh, six days a week, and eat right, you'll be fine. Okay. Telling you, man. When COVID ended, I was almost 180 pounds. The the fattest, I've never weighed anything even close to that. And I was at the doctor, and he's like, Yeah, yeah, you're, you gained a few pounds. I'm like, Yeah, but, you know, I don't think this scale's right. Take me to another one. And he took me to another one. I weighed the same. I'm like, at the same time, he goes, yes, yeah, I told you. I'm like, no, I'm a fat fuck. And this hot nurse walks by and starts laughing. And see, I told you, she understands. Yeah. So I, you know, once that took place, I, every day, well, you know, five, six days a week, I do five to 7,500 steps a day. That's fantastic. Yeah. I would, I had a doctor kind of talk me into being healthy. You know, she's asking me questions about, you know, do you eat uh, fruit and vegetables? And I go, no. She goes, have you ever <laughs> had like a, an orange or, you know, nah, I don't think. She goes, with an apple, have you have you looked at an apple? I go, yeah, I mean, I've seen <laughs> she's, okay. You know what an right. apple is? Yeah, okay, well, we'll mark that down. Now, do you exercise? I go, you know, I I go walk down to get mail. Okay, so we'll put you walk <laughs> down here. And, I mean, a doctor there. Oh. I'm telling yeah. you. Here's one of my one of my my problems is I drink two two liters of cherry Co- Pepsi every day. Two oh, two wow. liters. Now is that diet or, or just straight up? Uh, diet. Fuck that. <laughs> so 
So you're, yeah. there's a lot of sugar in, in, in and I love sugar. Wow. I don't know. Have you ever heard of uh, what's it called? Um, uh, Big Red soda. Yeah. Big Red. Yes. That's that soda has like 29 grams of sugar in it. Wow. I mean that that that's the shit right there. But well, you're not could, diabetic, so I mean, I, you know, I guess you're. Yeah, okay. I know. Uh, not yet, anyway. But keep going. <laughs> but now, I tell my doctor I don't drink water; I just drink soda, and he he just lazes over and doesn't say anything. Yeah, they don't like that. Yeah, <laughs> they they say things like it's empty calories. They're very dismissive of soda. Yeah, well. Fuck them. I, I drink soda, not that much, but I, I drink a couple of diet pops a day, and then tonight I'm gonna have some beers. But you know, I, the only the only problem I have is just a little of that post operative, you know, situation that we were talking about. Now I, I got, got, dude, I'm sixty, almost sixty three. I have abs. Oh no, you were ripped. You had abs of steel and buns of stone. Yeah, I, I don't know I, how I got them, but <laughs> now let me can Eric. Now, when you started doing comedy back in the day, you know, before you were married, was there like a lot of groupies, a lot of ladies, you know, after the show, you know, kind of, you know, that kind of situation? Hold on one second. Let me close the door. <laughs> what was that? No. He had to close the door. <laughs> Uh-oh. You know, I, I, uh, no, actually, uh, really? honestly, yeah, it, it was, I don't know. I don't know what happened. But wasn't uh, that like the, the comedy boom era? Uh, that was a little before me. I mean, there was okay. a, it was a, it was a small small boom while I was doing it. Uh, so, like the comedy club waitressy, you, you didn't find that there was like a a lot of ladies that were like groupie types. No, no, it's sad. It's very sad, but no. <laughs> yeah, that Although, was pretty you know, sad. Why'd you uh, do the? Why'd you do the? <laughs> yeah, why, why would you want to do comedy? Yeah, no groupies. What the fuck are you talking? <laughs> I did meet my wife. Uh, at oh, that's stand-up. fantastic. Yeah, she was doing stand-up in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, you probably remember Tony Kemp. Tony Kemp, of course. Yeah, I've heard that name. Impresario of Charleston. Yeah, yeah. Comedy so, Zone uh, for many years. Yep. Is she and still doing comedy today? Who, my wife? Yeah. Not not officially, not professionally, but she's very funny. And, so do you, uh, like, yeah, does she help you write jokes? Yeah, um, yes, I would say that, and uh, very good with the promotions and, and things like that. Um, but yes, uh, very funny. And that's how we met, was on the same bill at a uh, comedy club. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah, so it paid off. Yeah. How about that? How long, how long have you been married now? Uh, what did I say before? Uh, yeah. Probably, you said whatever 15 I said years before. earlier, but yeah. you know, your story seems to be a moving target. And you said 15 years, yeah. You're on. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. Like, what would your if you asked your wife how long you've been married? What what would her answer probably be? <laughs> Same thing, you know. She's okay. like, I, what? she'd look at me and go, "What? Do you, what is it, honey? Been like 15? Yeah, fifteen? Yeah, <laughs> fifteen. <laughs> how long did you date before you got married? Uh, four years. Yeah, you know, good. three and then engaged, and then another year. And that's, uh, that's yeah, good. That's cool. after. Yeah. Huh. How about you yeah. guys? Have you tried that whole marriage? I, I've been married once, almost twice. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But uh, yeah, uh, sh- I, oh no, wait, man! I've been married twice. I'm trying. <laughs> I, I'm I'm kind of blocking. You, so you want to just kind of slipped your mind? Well, I'm trying to block the first one. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, you know, we we don't count the first. That's like a mulligan now. Your first marriage, if there's no kids, that's just like, you know. Oh, unfortunately, a, there's a, a kid. There is a kid. Yeah. Oh, the 39-year-old. Yep. Ah. Yeah. Everyone, you were I like talk- 22, is that right? Yeah. 24. Everyone I talked to seems to have had the first marriage out of the way. That always <laughs> seems to be the case. And then move on to the second and third. Yeah, you're you're much you're much more aware of things on the second or third. My second marriage was uh, to a Denny's waitress, believe it or not. I you know I do believe it. We were, back then, I you know had the the ham radio club, and yeah. uh, we'd have our meetings at Denny's, and uh, she bought a radio. And next thing I know, about a year later, we were married. Hello. Yeah, she got fat. I divorced her because she they, got fat. They all do, John. No, she got fat. I divorced her. Good for you. Yeah, you I can't did. put up with that. Oh uh, yeah, she she she'll even tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got fat. You know, wow. my first girlfriend, she was like, you know, let me know if I start getting fat, and I I did let her know. She started screaming and crying, and I realized like when they say let me know when I'm getting fat, whatever you do, do not freaking let them know. Yeah, because yeah. they will hit you over the head with a <laughs> with a rigid object. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, me and my fact, second wife are still friends. We talk on the phone, Facebook. That's great. But the first wife, hell no, we haven't spoken thirty years. Yeah, at least thirty years. And, like uh, by mutual, the ham oh, radio sorry, club. Eric, no ham yeah. radio club. And, yep. and and hanging out at Denny's. You talk about groupies, John. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. You know, <laughs> that, that, that radio action. You know, and about. Well, I've been, you know, I've been doing some type of radio since the age of thirteen. God Almighty! Me too. And, and you know, I, that's why I'm here today. Um, yeah, John Eric. Radio? If you don't know, John is well, he was doing a podcast before freaking anybody was doing a podcast. Yeah, Phil was one of my first guests. Yep. Way back in the day. Yeah. I started I mean, out we were, my so, garage. We were very young too. I'll tell you that. Fuck, that was a long time ago. Very youthful Americans. Oof, man. Uh, uh, so we're coming up against it, Eric. No, no, when, Eric, where's your, when's your next gig? Yeah. And how can they find you? You know, how, if they want to book you, how can they get a hold of you? Stuff like I am, that. I'm at uh, Harris Casino in Cherokee, North Carolina, uh, this coming Wednesday. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Through, yeah, it's uh, Wednesday through Sunday. Okay. And um, I'm at, erichunter.com so uh yeah and my email address has a doctor in it ah, so you don't want to you give your email address they can go to the website you have a facebook and all that kind of crap yeah all that crap facebook.com uh, slash eric hunter comedy and uh, dry bar comedy you can see my special on there on YouTube. you will laugh your balls off i'll tell you what make sure you go check it out on youtube dry bar comedy for sure yeah, I think I get two or three cents when people watch that. Good. <laughs> two or three cents. That's fucked up. <laughs> hey, well, Eric, love to thank you and uh, taking the time out of your Saturday to hang out with me and Phil. Well, thank you. Uh, always a pleasure to uh, hear and talk to Phil. And uh, nice to meet you, John. Keep it up, man. Maybe another 20 or 30 years of doing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so. <laughs> hey, Eric, thank you. Thank you, guys. Yeah, good stuff, buddy. Phil, I'm John Miller. I'm Phil Perrier. And that was Eric. Eric Hunter. And we're on Renegade Talk Radio. We'll be back in a few. This is Renegade.
Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Listen to us out there. <laughs> this is your John Miller program for crying out loud. Listen to us. I've been to Shammy's Car Wash. I know for a fact we can put new car smell in a little plastic bottle this, this week and beg. Surely to God we can put 18-year-old pussy in one this big. That's all I'm trying to say. This is Jack Rackley. Welcome to Celebrity Sodium Pentacle, the show that abducts your favorite stars against their will, drugs them, and makes them tell the truth. This week's guest, none other than superstar Tom Cruise. Tom, thanks for joining us. Where am I? You're on Celebrity Sodium Pentothal. Why are my hands tied? Don't worry, Tom. It'll all make sense later. Now, Tom, first question. Is Tom Cruise your real name? Uh, yes. Tom, how tall are you? Uh, five, five, seven. I'm... Give him some more more juice. Ah, hey... It hurts. Right you are. Tom, how tall are you? Five, six. Tom? Five, 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 four. Wear elevator shoes. Secret shame. People make fun in high school. Totally. Tom, how much money have you given to the Church of Scientology? Oh, all of it. Must give Mark money. Brainwashed. I'll run Hubbard like daddy. Good daddy. Not like bad daddy who who drinks. Leaves mommy. Right. Battlefield Earth. Tom, if you could make love to anybody in the world, who would it be? Must not answer. Must evade. Tom, you can't lie. Who would it be? Nicole Kidd. Tom? Ashton Kutcher. (sighs) There you have it, folks. We've just gotten the truth from Tom Cruise. Join us next week, and we'll be talking to Robert Blake on Celebrity Sodium Pentothal. We had someone earlier mention mentioned blowjobs on the school bus. Wasn't that horrible? I got one on the short bus once. Oh, yeah, there's nothing like an epileptic blowjob. <laughs> it, it doesn't last a long time, but it rocks, baby. It rocks. And who the hell are they going to tell? This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Oh, for heaven's sake, it's the John Miller Program. (laughs) Animals. I'm John Miller. I'm Phil Perrier. And welcome back to the John Miller Program on RenegadeTalkRadio.com. We've got got one of your your all-time buddies on on the line today, right? Longtime friend. I think he's younger than I am, but I've known him for a long time. Funny, funny guy. Musical, comedy, parodies, um, solid stand-up, Mr. Jack Wilhite. Well, hey guys. How are you today? Good. Good. So now you're you're heading toward towards a gig, is that right? Yeah, I had one last night in uh, Moorhead City, North Carolina, and today I'm over near I guess I'm over near Bedford, Virginia. Doing a show over here at an Eagles club. Ooh. Yeah, la- last night was kind of like a bar restaurant with a showroom. Phil knows this drill, and uh, did that last night, and then I'm over here tonight. So looking forward to that. Like, how long of a road trip are you on? 
Uh, on this particular trip, since I live in Virginia, this was just kind of an out for Friday, Saturday. Then next week I go to Pennsylvania, and then after that it's Minnesota, Wisconsin, then it's Oregon, Utah, Wyoming. Wow. Yeah, and then cycling back. So, so you're, you're I mean, usually this is one of the real road warriors, John. Jack Jack works constantly. <laughs> I don't like it, man. <laughs> well, you kind of have to these days. You know, you can't just sit in your own town and just do open mics every week and expect yeah, to make no, a living. Yeah, that don't work. You never don't make a living. You never make a living that way. Uh, no, not at all. And actually, you know what's funny is that, gosh, I'm not even sure the um, – the process uh, by which uh, I think Phil and I shared a number of gigs together, but it just doesn't seem that there are that many um, booking agencies kind of working these one nighters where we all were fortunate enough to get a lot of experience yep. and have a real yep. good time at it. And it seems like a lot of that's dried up. And so these cats in these cities are, you know, basically they have open mic time, but you know, that's never going to get you more than about seven minutes. As Phil knows, nothing like rolling out on a David Tribble run and being forced to do 35 minutes or a full hour in front of a bunch of drunk cowboys. So that'll, that'll... <laughs> so what, who, Jack, who is booking the, cause I know Tribble retired. Who's booking his stuff now, or is, is there still his stuff out there? You know, uh, to my knowledge, nobody took over all of his stuff. Um, because he had you know, a lot of gigs. David definitely had a lot, and it ebbed and waned a little bit here and there. But he was very consistent, and I think that was all a result of David's legwork out there. But uh, now, I mean, you still have some players out there on the West Coast that still book a few casinos here, and they've got Pat Wilson, uh, you've got Barry Neal who are working some things yep. out there. But yep. nothing, nothing to the extreme that that Tribble had in his day. Yeah. I mean, you could, cause like I did that documentary one nighters and that was five weeks of nothing but Tribble gigs. That was like 25 shows in 30 days. Every one of them was a tree, you know, between like Montana and Washington and Oregon and Utah and Idaho and Nevada. I mean, the, the entire Pacific Northwest was like Dave Tribble, you know, gigs. That was such a great documentary, by the way, because, man, I had been there and lived it. Well, and you are like when I think of one nighters, I, you know, Jack Wilhite, you know, and, and Daryl Rhodes. I mean, there's there's a handful of guys that just have just been hitting them for years. Oh, yeah, for sure. But like I said, most of that has dried up. I mean, uh, Kenny Muller, he uh, he doesn't do stuff anymore. And Phil, no, I don't know. So what Ken he... Muller retired. Yes, he did, and he basically sold the agency to um, uh, uh, Russ. Uh, he ran the Albuquerque uh, Laughs Room. Russ oh, yeah. Revis. yeah. Russ, Russ Revis, Revis is now booking that. But I think they're doing – I don't know this for sure, but it seems to me in my conversation like twice with them eight years ago, they were booking a, a, an abundance – of maybe some corporate stuff and some cruise ship type stuff, but man, I don't see a lot of stuff for them. And I don't know, Phil, did you ever work for CW Kendall out of Richardson, Texas back in the day? You know, I didn't. I, years and years ago, I, I talked to him and he booked me and I, I looked at the map and I called him back. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, the routing was like all over Texas. I was like, man, I, I can't do this. I'm sorry. And he, he was pissed, but I, I don't blame him. But, but yeah, I know well, he remember years. Well, you remember the, uh, the old joke going around that everybody's uh, theoretical Christmas gift for David Tribble would be a Rand McNally Road Atlas. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, no, Tribble, yeah, if there was one thing I, that I ever got into it with him, well, it was about routing, because, I mean, sometimes his routing was just like crackhead, you know, and, and you're already in the biggest freaking states in the country, you know? Oh, yeah, it'd be like you wrapped up one gig, and then you had like a 10-hour drive just to get to the next gig. Yeah, I know that, yeah, because I never did, because there was one where it's like you, you finish your gig, you drive all through the night, and you're lucky, and, you know, back, I mean... There's there's blizzards in that part of the country. I mean, why he would do that, I don't I don't know. Well, you know, I think he was just trying to cobble together, you know, a run just to make yeah. you know a number of nights get together. But yeah, I got snagged in that too. I think I was running from. Um, I know I was going through Wyoming and I was headed out to that Winnemucca gig, and I got to Evanston, Wyoming, and I mean, it just was a whiteout situation with ice oh. and stuff, and just had to pull Amazing. into the truck stop and called him and just said hey i'm not gonna make it. he said cool take your time you'll you know go to the next gig forget tomorrow night's gig and yeah it was hellacious you know like to, when i don't want to like keep talking about my documentary but when i interviewed Tribble during the documentary i was kind of like da dancing around the whole you know routing thing and i and i asked him if anybody had ever gotten really badly hurt and he said yes he, for he forgot the name of the comic but some guy broke his leg really badly and then i said did you did anybody ever die going to one of your gigs? And Tribble just busted out laughing like I'd said the funniest thing in the world. And then he said, then he said, well, not that I recall. And I'd be like, well, I think you'd probably recall that. <laughs> you know, that, yeah. that wouldn't just like remember mind, that. You know? Yeah, I think if I had to replace some comics due to the death of another comic, that would have oh, stuck in yeah, yeah, that would like, stand you know. out, right? Yeah. <laughs> but like what's like what's the hairiest experience you've ever had driving in your career? Um, I think two of them, number one, that, tr that triple gig, because, uh, like in Evanston, right out there in the Rockies, you know, it started to snow and then it was just a whiteout situation. And I remember it was so bad. I went past this truck stop, this travel America right there in Evanston. And I got about a quarter mile down the road and I had to literally open the door to look out at the road to make sure yeah. that I wasn't going off the road. And, and unfortunately, Within a quarter mile, there was a ranch exit with a tunnel under the road, and I came back up under it and got behind an 18-wheeler, and we were crawling at like five miles an hour, and I just followed him back to the truck stop. And I think another yeah. time was when there was an ice storm across uh, Iowa, and uh, I think I counted 150 vehicles in maybe a six-hour yeah. time frame that had all spun off the road and stuff. Of course, I've, I've totaled two vehicles in the process of doing my thing, once in Wyoming, and one time I actually rolled it over about three times on black Man. ice out in uh, South Dakota. Yeah. The state trooper wandered out into the waist deep snow and he said, man, I thought you were dead. <laughs> Whoa. When, when a cop is like, I thought you were dead. That is not a good sign. Well, fortunately the car landed upright. <laughs> wow. Was it still and, drivable? Uh, no, it was toast at that point. God almighty. All the tires were blown. Yeah. I flipped off the road. You know, the black guys turned the car sideways and I, I yeah. hit the edge of the snow and then rolled over two ranch posts into a field. Oh, and uh, some of my it was, you know, and when that's happening, it's like those old Dave Letterman shows where they show people in the dryer unit where they're rolling around in there. You're in your car and your hands are on the ceiling, and your seat belted in. But all the stuff in your car is moving around you like you're in oh, yeah. yeah. It's crazy, man. Not something I'd ever want to redo. So how many miles a year you put on your car to, to do this? 
pro well back in those days it was probably closer to 90 these days it's closer to 70 good wow. you're talking about 70,000 miles a year yeah uh i'm i'm an i'm an explorer number 4 number 3 went to um 892,000 good god oh, what three motors I, mean, I thought i you know i probably i probably did like 40,000 some years but you that's I mean, crazy no he's and this is like you know because nowadays, Jack, I don't know about, you know, it seems like most of the comics that are still working are doing cruise ships and stuff, but you're still hitting, you know, actual people in actual bars and actual towns, you know? Yeah. You know, I took a cruise uh, for somebody's wedding about seven years ago, and it was really a test case just to kind of look at it and see what it was all about. I mean, number one, I'm I'm so gear intensive. I mean, I have a half a ton of gear. I mean, I've got amps and guitars and light systems. Yeah. And, and, that, uh, there's and that's no all way in your in your in your Explorer. It's all in my Explorer. I have a Thule snowboard carrier on top that carries the light systems and the poles and stuff, God. and then everything else fits in here. And, there, and there's enough room for me and a cup of coffee in here. So I just number one, I don't like cruising, and number two, I just think it would be a headache to try to get all this on board yeah. the ship. Like and how I, long? Like you when know, you get to the club or the venue, how long does it take you to to totally unpack and set up? You know your whole show minimally four hours good god but and see, John, my like, i just show up and they say there's the stage and that's it you know turn the <laughs> microphone on that really most comics that's what you do you, i mean you might want to you know there's sometimes there's a sound check but jack is talking about four hours of heavy lifting crazy every show and then how long does it take you to break down about another two hours good oh my god, god. It's, it's an 11 hour day for sure but um not even counting the driving well, that's true. Now, I mean, I'm working in some theaters and performing arts centers now from time to time. And those guys are all set up with the sound and the light. So you don't have to mess with it when you do that. But yeah. um, in my, you know, in my effort just to kind of get away from the comedy clubs, not because I didn't like them, but just because I just became footprint wise. I think I was a little spooky to them because I had all this shit. Yeah. So now because I'm working these alternate venues, I'm a total turnkey type operation. I can go into a uh, community center or I can go into an Elks Lodge and I can't rely on their system or their lights to present the show the way I want it. So I, I bring it all. I bring the lights and the sound. Wow. So I consistently know what I can do every time. You're I mean, controlling I'm still in your environment completely. Yeah. I'm trying to make it something more than just, you know, somebody showing up in tattered jeans looking for, you know, with a construction work light over in the corner. Illuminating <laughs> the stage. And, and because of that, I'm able to uh, charge more for the budget. I mean, I still have one kid in college, man. And I mean, I just had this revelation about eight years, nine years ago that I just said, I just can't cut it on because the club as Phil will relate to this, that the comedy clubs really haven't had a pay raise in a zillion no, years. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. It's like 200 bucks well, to headline, you know, and it was that 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, unless it's an A-list scenario where you're able to, you know, bag a huge revenue share off the door, you know, that this just became a learning process to try to do this. So now, yes, I mean, I've got structured deals, door deals, have, now, have you ever thought um, about like like a residency, like you know, a Branson or someplace where, because you know, you, doing music, I mean, I could really see you plugging into something like that. 
I mean, it's something I certainly would entertain. I mean, I just, I'm just such a whack job as far as what I do. I mean, I'm just, I think I'm the only guy in the country that kind of does this. I'm on my own little lily pad. I got a feeling you like to travel. (laughs) Well, let's just say it's the necessary evil. And uh, instead of retiring at 80 and driving across the country to see it, I've already seen it. So now I can just sit in the backyard in my underwear and drink a beer. I know. Like somebody said to a comic, like, hey, do you want to drive around the country? It's like, I already did that for, you know. (laughs) Absolutely. But anyway, so all the gear is is just necessary to, you know. The other thing, too, is that, you know, it's the perception of it, too. I mean, we set all this shit up and they look at the budget and they go, oh, OK, this is what this is all about. Yeah, Whether they like yeah. what I'm doing or not, it's just just part of the drill. And it I kind of justifies that, a higher paycheck. Yeah. And I mean, I'm exploring, you know, maybe doing some four walling situations where you rent a theater. And I mean, you can get your ass burned on that. But I tell you, good, that's a great idea. You're right. I mean, it's risky. But I mean, if you start, you know, really plugging into an audience, that would be great. Yeah, that's it. And it's just a uh, plates on sticks on the Ed Sullivan show thing here. You know, you've got social media to promote it. And you're I mean, I do all my own posters and contracts and have ticket templates and just do all this shit that, you know, we just always took for granted and you know yep. a lot of booking agencies never did it you know they never really sent out the posters or did any follow-up so you know, are you, are you whole... still doing like a lot of radio you know like uh, where you're going to no. town and then the club promotes it and you, and you do the, some breaks with the dj in the morning or whatever i have not done that in years no in studio has virtually disappeared isn't that from... nuts i mean it used to be if you're a comic you were doing it all the time yeah, I think maybe the clubs are still doing some of that. Now, I do have some venues that I perform at where they they run the ads, you know, and you, you hear them on the radio. And I've done a couple of call-ins in the last couple of years. But in studio, man, it just seems to me that's just a desert oasis. Yeah, wow. radio has changed. It, it, it's a set format, and you got, you know, two or three other producers watching over you. So, yeah, it's radio has changed. Yeah, sure. I I I miss those days. I mean, I can remember when uh, Tom Hansen used to book the uh, Westward Ho up in Grand Forks. You know, we would go do that morning radio show probably twice in the week, and we'd spend an hour in there and drink coffee and oh, have great. a blast. And I miss it a great deal. Yeah, but it's yeah. with corporate takeover of um, terrestrial radio, it just seems like they just don't seem to have time for it unless people are willing to buy a lot of ads from them in the form of yeah. like a comedy club or whatever. I'd like to ask you a question that I asked Eric Hunter the, in the first segment. And cause I have not butted up against it. Cause I try to pre- uh, do shows for older people, but have you like mm-hmm. had, have, has wokeness, have you ever done a show and somebody got like triggered or offended or, or ran out in a huff, you know, a younger person that, you know, that you freaked them out somehow. Um, I've not had a mass exodus or really noticed anything weird. Um, you know, I had one. Yeah. I mean, when the whole woke thing took off there, I mean, I had one character in my show. I mean, I'll just say it. I mean, I love Aretha Franklin and I, I have had her in my show for a number of years and it, it usually kills and, and everybody likes it. But once the George Floyd thing went, you know, I kind of buried that for a little while and then some people started asking about it. So I kind of have to pick and choose. Yeah, kind of a blackface. They go, like, oh, you're doing blackface or something. Yeah. Well, but I still I still do prints in the show. And I Good mean, I, I'm and, and so, you know, I just said to myself, 
all right, I'll take Aretha out because that's a, you know, that's a guy doing a female, blah, 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 you know, whatever. But the Prince thing, I said, screw you. Yeah. I love him. I'm going to do this in the show every freaking night. And he's such an iconic performer. Oh yeah, man. I mean, that it's a great part of the show and everybody. How many different, how many different musical acts do you impersonate? Probably somewhere between 24 and 30. Wow. Like what, what would and you it, say is like your signature, you know, the, the one you just absolutely nail, like, like, like Frank Caliendo does Madden. What's, what's Jack Wilhite's, you know, Magnus Opus. Um, probably two of them, the, the Prince bit, well, three actually Prince. And then there's a Halloween bit I do at the end where I have Ozzy Osbourne, Billy oh, Idol yeah. and, and Axl Rose. And that, oh. that's been in the act for a long time. So that's the closing bit. And that does really well, but the Prince one does very well too. Yeah. And John, I, I worked one time in Virginia where I had to headline, I had to follow Jack and man, <laughs> it, was, hard, it was like digging out of a very deep, dark hole. I'll tell you that. Uh, Phil is very complimentary. Phil and I worked a number of gigs together and Phil always killed after me and did great. But, you know, wow. I was thinking about this yesterday cause I knew we were talking. If I remember this gig, Phil, it was in Winchester, Virginia. Okay. And, and I went up on stage and the audience was just absolutely dead. It oh, was, God. it was like dead. in that basement in that little basement room. Yeah, it was terrible. And oh. uh, I don't know what I don't know what the vibe was, but it was just really funny because you know, Phil's a total pro. And I could just I, I, whether I, I might be mistaken on this, but I came off stage and you were kind of like, yeah, no problem, buddy. Let me go up and show you how this is done. And you got <laughs> up there and I think I think you were 10 minutes into the show and you said, Jack, you're right. This is pretty screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they always say I'll like, never blame the audience. And I was like, oh, this will be fine. And I was like, I was blaming <laughs> the hell out of the audience. Oh my God, it was hilarious. Somehow we managed to get through it, but man, yeah, that for whatever reason, that audience was just flat, man. Like, I don't it, know. It would have like a mass shooting or something in that town, because yeah, that those people wouldn't laugh for love nor money, you know. No, no, and man, you were giving them two barrels up there, and they, and you know, your stuff always kills. So uh, that, that was the litmus test where I said, yeah, "Well, that, man, that, you know, that was a humbling, humbling experience." Yeah, yeah, we've all had a few of those. Oh God, yeah. I guess, you know, when you talk about mass exoduses, uh, the only time I remember it, and it wasn't due to wokeness, I was working up in Canada for a guy up in, it was way out in the outer territories up there somewhere in British Columbia. And I remember the booking agent called me and he said, hey, the headliner can't make it. And at this point, I was just a feature. I might have had maybe 25 minutes total. And he said, here's what you do. You just do the full hour. And uh, just do a joke off and do whatever you need to do. And I remember, I mean, I barely had 25 minutes. Yeah. I don't know how I made it to the hour. But by the end of the evening, I think there were maybe 80 people in there. And I had walked everybody but one. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, you're a feature act being asked to do like a freaking, you know, a comedy special. So, you know, come on. Yeah, well, yeah, I remember all, all I could think about was I wonder where the longest uh, extension cord in the hotel room is so I can string my ass up. After that <laughs> so uh, I, I, have you ever been there? Are you married? You ever been married? Have been married. Have been? Yep. Yeah, we've all been married. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't, have you, Phil? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm divorced, man. You know. I didn't know that. Yeah, I've been, you know. Why am I just learning this? Well, I I, I don't know, because we were talking about your uh, multiple situations, and I, I did not want to bring up my <laughs> failed relationships. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> 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 yeah, 
to be brutally honest, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not, so I don't put that at the top of my resume. Yes, I'm divorced. <laughs> I've disappointed several other women. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, yeah, that's, not a flash, that's not a flash card we always pull out. Yeah. Now, Jack, now you play guitar and women are like moths to, fl- yeah, like, exactly. A woman sees a guy playing guitar. So you probably had a lot of groupies in your, in your situation. <laughs> uh, you know, I will always say this. Uh, I've had the occasion to open for some bands from time to time and they've, and you know, I do my show and people are always really nice. People come up and just say, you don't realize people are hitting on you. I, I have really never had that, that groupie type experience, but let me tell you. Hey, come God, on. You don't Jack. Who do you think you're BSing here? You know? No, let me tell you this story. I mean, I remember this was in Grand Forks, North Dakota, and I had I had made friends with some guys in a band that were playing up there. And they said, well, after your comedy show, they had come to the show. They said, why don't you come over and sing some ACDC tunes with us or whatever? Man, I'm not kidding you. They had a club filled with like 400 people. And I got up on stage with them. And I mean, these chicks were just lapping at the stage, not because of me, but because of the band. And I remember the keyboard player looked over at me and he just thumbs up and winked at me. And I thought, these are the guys that are getting all the action. Ah, these lucky bastards. Yeah, those lucky bastards. When they're doing the band thing hour after hour, that's pretty amazing on their part. Yeah. You know, and yeah, I guess some people get into the music thing here. But, you know, I'm a cornball. It's a comedy show. You know, it's it's a different animal. Well, I, I think Jack is, is being discreet, and I respect that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, God. Phil, we've both done triple runs. I think we know how that all pans out. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> Hot the, tubs the good, the, the bad, and the ugly. I, I, yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, you got it, man. <laughs> so you got any kids? Yes, I do. I have uh, I have two grown kids. I have a son that's married and out of the nest. And uh, my daughter is finishing her last three months in graduate school up at the uh, University of Virginia. And uh, so, uh, what what is our uh, specialty? Speech pathology. Oh wow! Wow. And what now? What does your son do? He is um, sort of a software engineer coder for uh, for a company that manufactures or produces a software program for the financial planning industry. Oh, good. None none of this show business shit. Yeah, none of (laughs) that. They learn from their. They learn watching their dad. Yeah, that's here's what not to do, kid. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you'll be happy when you're not paying that college money anymore. Now, Jack, where, like, where did you start out doing comedy? Uh, I, I, do you remember a guy named Greg Hooper, Hoop, that used to book some of Lorraine? Mm-hmm. Vaguely, yeah, one night, way, yeah. way back. Um, I met him at an open mic in uh, Arlington, Virginia. Okay. And we became we became friends. And he said to me, he said, well, if you want more stage time, we've got a bunch of one nighters that we need to have MCs for that'll go out and, you know, hook up the mic, pay the comics, keep the show on the rails. And that's how I dove in and uh, started getting more stage time. So I guess Kazi's down in Newport News, I would consider to be my homeroom. But because they had all these one nighters back in the day, yep. that's how I cut cut my teeth was just shepherding all these uh, features and headliners coming through town and making sure that, you know, the show went off. Okay. And then you've always kind of like been kind of like producer slash comic, you know, slash musician. Yeah. I kind of learned it from the production side, I think, in addition to being able to gain, gain some stage time. And then of course, as you know, 
you know, you get your 30 minutes, you shoot your videotape, and then you send that off in the mail to all the bookers in the hopes that you're going to get some work. And, yep. wow, man, that was like a 10-year, 12-year struggle just to, you know, get on the on the uh, playing surface. I'm guessing in that, that area at that time, you were probably doing a lot of comedy zones, right? I did not get in with them for a while. It took me about <clears throat> from day one. I think it took me six or seven years before they were willing to talk to me. I always talk about this as the Jimi Hendrix story. You know, Hendrix was here in the mm-hmm. States doing okay, you know, with the fabulous flames and stuff. And then the bass player for the animals found him and took him over to London. And he was an instant sensation over there. So in my early days, I couldn't get anybody to really book me. That was a major booking agency here domestically. But when I called the West Coast, I was able yep. to get in with Pat Wilson, Donna Richards. It took me a while to get in with Tribble. Yeah. But those guys were willing to work me, I think, because I was just different and from the East Coast. Yeah. So then, so then I got all that stage time and credits and brought that back East. And then that enabled me to get in with Kenny Muller and yep. the Comedy Zone and whatnot. So I don't I don't think that formula even exists anymore. But I was just fortunate enough that that worked. Yeah, for me. I did the same thing. Like, I, I couldn't get arrested. I was in Atlanta. I you know, I couldn't get arrested by the punchline or by the comedy zone, but yeah, Ken Muller and John Yoder and you know all these these Midwestern guys. You're you're, you're like this this shiny object they've never seen. And people <laughs> that have seen you are like, oh, we you know we could we could book that guy anytime we want. You never you never can get booked in the 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 region that you're from. I wish somebody would have told me leave. that shit. <laughs> you know, back then. Yeah. Yeah, I always tell I always tell people that in Richmond. They're always like, Well, when are you gonna play here? And I have done a few shows there, but I'm like, Man, you can't get shot in your own hometown for a oh, talent. Yeah, they, yeah they exactly. Don't even, they, they don't even care. But you go You have to leave and come back and go, leave for a year and come back and then you'll be the headliner. That's exactly right. It's yeah. the weirdest dynamic of the business is that I mean, Will, know, Willie you, Nelson did that, right? So he's in Texas all those years and he goes to Nashville and he comes back to Texas and all of a sudden he's a freaking household name. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, we're coming up against it, Jack. Uh, tell, tell us your website, your Facebook, uh, uh, any gigs you got coming up in the next couple of weeks. Let's hear it. Absolutely. Uh, the website for me is just my name. It's www.jackwillheight.com, and that's W-I-L-L-H-I-T-E. And I'm on all the other platforms as either Jack Wilhite or Jack Wilhite's rock and roll comedy show so that's instagram and i have a facebook page for the show one for me personally etc etc as far as upcoming shows uh next week i i'm playing this thing called the uh mc opera house in jim thorpe pennsylvania this is kind of a new thing for me and um and then i'm often running like i mentioned i'm i'm playing in minnesota and wisconsin uh, I'm doing some uh, Eagles clubs and some Elks lodges and so forth. And then I go to the West coast. I'm doing a little bit more of that. And I come back and man, I do wineries. I've got uh, more um, performing arts centers gigs coming up in June. I'm trying to get into these larger venues where you're revenue sharing on the ticket scenario. Again, you can get reamed on that. but uh but you can score on that too you know if you get 200 people in a room that can pay off pretty nicely so yeah i'm all over the spectrum i put my schedule up on my website so if people are interested they can certainly go check that out and it's uh all those links are also on the facebook pages and instagram and so forth Yeah, it's a fun show music comedy it's a jack wilhite 
rocks the crowd. JackWillhite.com. Jack, we'd like to thank you. Thank you, guys. And by the way, are you guys in uh, Los Angeles today? I'm I'm in, Cal- in San Francisco, and uh, I'm uh, in Atlanta. And he's in Atlanta. Oh, Phil's down in Atlanta. Awesome. Well, Phil, I'm going to be down in Albany coming up in, uh, I think, late April. I'm working a moose lodge down there. That's a swinging right, pretty well, give, good time. Give me a shout. Yeah, if I can swing my ass up to Atlanta, we should go out and grab lunch. It's been too there long. You go. Love to. Hey, well, well listen, thank, guys, thank you, ahead, Jack. Sorry. John, thank you so much. Phil, thank you for including me here today. It's a pleasure talking with you guys and uh, continued success for both of you. And uh, Phil, likelihood I might cross your track sooner, John, if I make it out to San Francisco way, I'll check you out too. That'd be awesome. All right. Good thank time, you, Jack. Guys, have, a, have a great one. Take care. All right, man. That Bye-bye. was Jack Wilhite. I'm John Miller. I'm Phil Perrier. And we'll be back here with the uh, closing about 10 minutes. I'm John Miller, and that's Phil Perrier, and we'll be back in a few. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. The lights are on, but there's nobody home. The elevator doesn't go all the way to the top floor. It's not playing with a full deck, you know. That John Miller, you know. That John Miller, of course, you know. Here's to men who want more time at the game and less time in the men's room. And here's to Flomax. In one week, Flomax may relieve male urinary symptoms due to BPH, also called an enlarged prostate. Only your doctor can tell if you have BPH, not prostate cancer. Common side effects of Flomax are runny nose, dizziness, and decrease in semen. In theaters now, it's the heartwarming, feel-good date movie of the year. It's Bridget Jones's Diarrhea. Today, I met the most incredible man. He was torn. He was dark and handsome. We talked. We held hands. And then, oh, my God, oh, no, I got diarrhea. Ah. Bridget Jones's Diarrhea. <laughs> I know that was a new dress. I say, have you got some Depends on you? Hey, dude, the team, you're not going to be here this weekend, dude. This Wednesday on Fox, LATV, it's Marital Boot Camp. Get over here right now! Yes, wife, sir! I, I mean, ma'am! What's wrong with you? I'm a loser, ma'am, and my bladder's full! That's disgusting! Request permission to use the latrine, ma'am! I- I'll even put the seat down! Marital Boot Camp. Get out of my face! You are a freak! Reality TV on Fox. So I guess the honeymoon's over! You little bastard! This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Uh, and now uh, we're uh, going back uh, to the John Miller uh, program, uh, the longest uh, running live webcast. Uh, run much longer uh, than my de- car did uh, off the uh, bridge there. Uh, I swear, uh, when I uh, got back, uh, Mary Jane and the car were entirely gone. <laughs> round of applause for uh, a great little dancer. Uh, John Miller. I'm John Miller. I'm Phil Perrier. And uh, you're listening to John Miller program right here on RenegadeTalkRadio.com. That was a fun show. Man, yeah, that was fantastic, wasn't it? it well, you, it, it, I, 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 I have never heard of him, but I, I want to see the Jack. I want to see that. His, and why don't you reach out to him and see if he has any, uh, um, uh, MP3 so I can put in the show. I can edit. Well, it. I I, told, I went to YouTube and he there is there's several videos of him 
on YouTube and, you know, doing music. And he, he does like a, you know who Angus Young is, the guy yep. for, uh, yeah, he, and he does these really funny spot on impressions of like Angus Young and, and Axl Rose and Prince, you know, all these uh, iconic rockers. Uh, send me a link. Okay. And then our first guest, he was cool too. Eric Hunter, funny family guy, you know, married two kids. Um, uh, hernia sufferer, uh, just a really funny, funny dude. Yeah, it was good times, no doubt about it. And these are two guys you'd never heard. I've never heard of them. Yeah, which is pretty amazing because I I've heard about heard about uh, almost every comic out there you by now. Well, you know the thing is though, you've been on the West Coast most of your life. Yeah. You know, I've been on the East Coast a lot of my life, so I, I should be able to turn us on to a whole new crop of of talent. And then you've got your existing Rolodex, so you know. Yeah, I was just going through it the other day and. I got I got my feelers out. We got a oh we got a couple of really cool comics coming up. People that you would know when we have them on, you'd be like, "Holy fuck!" But um, you know, it, it I've noticed that a lot of the comics since COVID are really kind. Of, they they're, they're they're different. They're not. I don't know. Maybe it's because they've grown up and become something. I don't know. It's just weird. It's hard to book them. Really? Well, like, why? What, what excuses do they give you for not? Well, wanting it's not to always excuses. They're like, well, I'm not going to be available this day. Uh, how about in two weeks? Or you know, it. it, it they're they're hard to pin down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know if that's something to do with COVID or, or it's just you know. I don't know. You know, these are people that I've known for you know forever. That I know because we've had we've had some people, and we're not going to name any names, so we've had some people pull the carpet out like the day of. Yeah. Exactly. And you're like, wait, wait a minute, man. We got a show to do. Yeah, it's like, yeah, but people don't understand that. It's like, we're doing something here. You know, it, it, if you book yourself and we promote it, you should step up and do your gig. Yeah, and I mean, I'm a believer in the old adage, the show must go on. I mean, if you're dead or bleeding or in a ditch or something, you know, you better have a good excuse. But I mean, otherwise, you say you're going to be on the show, you better be on the freaking show, you know. A couple, couple times I pulled it out, though. Like oh yeah oh yeah day before I fucking book a whole other show it's like holy fuck yeah uh, that's the way it is doing this kind of stuff yeah it's it's uh you know it's 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 a challenge unless you have someone that you know books for you yeah you know it it it, it's hard to do you know and uh, you know I only can spend so much time a day calling people and getting emails and sending emails it's like back in the day though I just make a phone call hey come do the show you know yeah. Simple as that, but since COVID, it's, the the whole landscape has changed. And how people communicate, like you're talking about telephone calls, but now it's like this email or that email or Facebook and, or Instagram. Yeah, or it's like why? Just fucking pick up the phone and dial the digits. I know. I that, know. That's why me and my me and my big brother. You know, I I during COVID I let it all go because I'm the guy who keeps us all together. I was that glue that kept the family together yeah and, and i was like fuck that i'm not doing that anymore yeah but it went like two and a half years i hadn't heard from either one of them i was like so i called my big brother he goes well i hadn't heard from you in a while and i'm like what your fingers broken <laughs> <laughs> he got pissed off at me and then he's like and then he's like well you know no drama john i i just talked to you about that i'm like when did you talk to me about that? 
I know you're getting old and all, but yeah. <laughs> we, we haven't talked in two and a half years, motherfucker. <laughs> you know, but it is what it is. Yeah. You know, so what you got going? You, don't you have some gigs coming up, Phil? Yeah, in fact, we were talking about Jerry Farber, and I'm going to be performing at his 86th birthday. Wow. At, yep, at a, cl- a club called the Red Light Cafe in Atlanta in March. And I'm very uh, excited. I'm looking forward to that. Jerry's just 86 years old. He's still got the energy of a teenager. He's still hilarious, uh, you know. And, and like Eric was talking about, if you, you know, if you started doing comedy in the South in the 70s or 80s or 90s, Jerry Farber was was the man, you know, and yeah. still is. That's awesome. Yeah. So I hope I'm I'm that. I'm that you know into it at, at 86. I mean, just breathing at 86, but he's still, I mean, he's still sharp as a tack and he's still making, you know, rooms full of people laugh their asses off. So that's great. Gives you something, you know, gives you like a, you say, well, maybe if he can do it at 86, I can at least be alive yeah. at 86. Yeah, wow, right. I could be like pooping in my pants and, and drooling applesauce or something at 86, you know? Yeah. That's, uh, that probably would be me. Well, I, I, you know, I mean, if, if we're alive at 86, we're doing pretty good, you know? Yeah, I, I if I make imagine if we're peeing as much as we are at in oh you know God. early sixties, late fifties. I mean, basically at that age, you're just going to be peeing all the time. I got up at least twice each segment. For the yeah, last... me too. I've I've peed multiple times during this show. And they're like, "Fuck, man, well, what? Just fucking piss and get it over with." <laughs> no, no, no. Those days are over, my friend. Oh my god. I know I want to pee too. I I know I have more in there because I can feel it. You know. It's like, I know. I know. So that's something. I'm in there else. and like, a couple of drops come out. I'm like at our age, it's like you pee and then you still feel like you got to pee. It's like, well, what the hell, man? Yeah. It was like, what the fuck? Oh well. I've talked to my doctor and get some. What is it called? Beta pros. Beta. Well, they uh, got that like Flowmax. I mean, there's stuff that yeah. I know an old guy at the gym who who takes it and he he pees a lot less. So I I might eventually break down. And, you know, start taking medication. My doctor something. said he'd give me Cialis. Cialis. That's, that's not for peeing, John. That's, that's well, a bummer. No, that, that's for, it supposedly does something to your bladder and, and to make it where you pee more. You mean like have a better, like you, you pee once instead of 14 right, times? Right. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I was like, what? I just hope this is helpful to our listeners out there who, who think they're the only ones who pee a lot. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know what our age demographic is, but if well, you're our age, is not, huh? if you're our age and you're not peeing, give us a call. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe your kidneys have shut down. <laughs> right. Now you might want to go see a doctor. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I thought my kid, I literally, I never had, I've never had this problem like this till last night. I was like, I, I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Do I need to go to the doctor? I'm like, yeah. what the fuck is going on here? It freaked me out. You ever have it like where you, you got to poop and you got to pee and you can't do either one? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that sucks. I, I've literally been doing that. I did that all day yesterday. I was sitting on the, on the toilet. You know, at my age, I'm lucky to hit the circle, you know, so I don't want to pee all over <laughs> the place. So I'm sitting on the toilet and I need to poop. I know I need to poop. And I know I need to piss, but neither one of them happened. Yeah. Like Luna, my cat would come in and check on me every couple minutes. Uh, now, my like, yeah. yeah, okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I felt like I can't pee until I poop. But once I poop, I pee like the wind. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, so there must be something. It's like the poop. The your intestines must be pressing on your urethra or something. I don't know, but whatever it is, I need to go in and get corrective surgery. <laughs> no, I, I'd be careful with surgery because they start messing around with your plumbing. You know, God, it could, they could have some bad repercussions. Yeah, no doubt about it. Huh? Bad. I'm not going to name any names, but bad repercussions. <laughs> we know a few people. We know yeah. some people. Anyway, hey Bill, I'd like to thank you once again. You bet. Thank you, John. It's and always a pleasure. For, and thank you for booking a good show. It was a great show. Thank you. Well, there, I got some other, you know, I got some other names up my sleeve. I'll tell you what, you know. Until next time, I'm John Miller. I'm Phil Perrier. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks, and listen to Renegade Talk Radio. Right on. Ah, smooth internet streaming. Aha. For the discriminating viewer, it's the John Miller Program. So I just started working out, trying to get ready for summer. <laughs> Next summer. I don't know. But I just want to, I don't want to be one of those guys that wears his shirt while he's swimming. You know? I did that for too many years. I never wore a white shirt, though, because I was, actually, when I was 12, I was too fat. I started wearing, I started developing those fat boy nipples. You guys familiar with those? Yeah, my mom, she wouldn't let me borrow her pasties. Yeah, but I did wear some... I did wear something worse, though. I actually wore a black shirt when I went swimming. And I know that doesn't sound as bad, but when you get a black shirt wet and it sticks to you, it looks a lot like whale skin. Yeah. I couldn't swim either. No, I just kind of hung out in the steps right by the pole, you know, in the pool. I looked a lot like a beach whale. Yeah, exactly like a beach whale. Fortunately for me, nobody ever called me a beach whale. But uh, actually, once a guy tried to harpoon me, yeah, that was weird. He's like, boosh! Is that a belly button or a blowhole? To our listeners, what do you think? Head licking, normal or abnormal? In theaters now, from the producer of Pokemon and the director of End of Days, Arnold Schwarzenegger stars in The End of Pikachu. Mr. Schwarzenegger, you won't shoot me because I'm so cute, right? I'll be back. The End of Pikachu. Take your kid if you know what's good for you. It's Pokemon. Drink to me only, that's all I ask, ask, and I will drink to you. How long I've been on? <laughs> when you're drinking, when you're drinking, the show looks good to you. When you're drinking, you get stinking. It helps your point of view But when you're sober The skies all seem gray When you're sober 
Life's a pain So keep drinking That's what I'm thinking Cause it's what I Love to do I love Chicago It's carefree and gay I'd even work here Without any pay I'll lay you off It turns out that way That's why this gentleman Is a tramp My clever agent He worked out this deal He said go to Chicago It won't be for real And I believed him I'm such a schlemiel That's why the gentleman is a tramp I love the free, fresh Booze that you get So I'm in debt I'm flat Last night some girl Gave me a green stamp That's why this gentleman Is a tramp You sure you're all playing? My wife just told me Have I news for you? The doctor's sure But I'm way overdue Wait till she finds out My girlfriend is too That's why the gentleman That is why the gentleman That's why the gentleman is Celebrity Voices by Jonathan Abel at celebrityvoices.com.